This is a podcast from Minute Media. Powered by Riverside. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas, I got you right here again, and we're recording during a live airing of the Sixers playing against the Utah Jazz in the Summer League. It is in the third quarter at about seven and a half minutes left. It is tied 54 to, I mean, 45 to 45. Uriah, it is Summer League action. What's going on? Summer League, league. the the Sixers have some nice young talent. And the first game that was last night was, I don't know, I I really got into it. I I didn't watch the second, I guess, the fourth quarter. But from what I saw, it was it was some impressive play by by some of the guys that were on the bench last season. Yeah, it certainly was. The Sixers did ultimately lose that game. I believe it was like one oh three to hang on. Let me pull up the box score here. I should have had it ready. One oh three to ninety nine. But it was a close game until like the final 20 seconds. So who stood out to you in that in that first game, Lucas? The positives. Well, let's look at the positives here first. Paul Reed had a 20.15 rebound, four steal game. The only negative that you could say about Reed is his five turnovers. But we know at times Reed can be erratic in terms of like ball security. And certainly that was not a good thing to see. But overall, he put his imprint on this game. And then Isaiah Joe, 12 three-pointers in this game. That's the type of, you know, willingness to shoot that the Sixers desperately need from their wings. And granted, he only went four of 12, but he had a lot of good open looks. He was confident in his shot. He he even shot under pressure. He did well. He was 7 of 15 overall, so still good shooting percentage overall. But certainly the Sixers, you know, I don't think you could ask much more. He had 19 points and two steals on and a block on top of that. So he was active on both ends. Yeah, Isaiah yeah. Joe, that that's my guy. I think mm-hmm. that uh, we talked before the podcast and he didn't have the, the best stroke. Some of the shots were a little off, but the shots that he did make showed zero hesitation, showed comfort, showed poise. I think he's primed for for a, a nice leap, not a maxi leap, but a little leap for him. And as far as Paul Reed, we know what he can do. We know that he can dominate at this level, and hopefully it'll translate to the next level. I thought you were going to bring up Charlie Brown, man. Are you going to? I say mean, I was. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, let's was, go. Get dude, there. He's he's waiting okay. for you. All right. So of course I can't leave out my boy Charlie Brown Jr. Had 15 points on nine of. Uh, five of nine shooting was not great from three point land, two of six. However, one of those shots was a last, you know, last minute heave in the game trying to, but like for the most part, he, he was, he was a good, he had seven rebounds for a six, six wing. He played both ends of the court, like 15 points on nine shots. Uriah, that's, that's pretty darn good. Like if he can at least hit around like 33 to 35% of his three pointers this season, He's going to earn himself an NBA contract, hopefully with the Sixers. So, yeah, see, I, I, I'm, I know that's your guy. I'm not as high on Charlie Brown Jr. as you, and I think someone else in our clubhouse. I think it might be uh, Gerald is high on Charlie Brown. He reminds yeah. me of the the guy Corey Brewer, just a, a ultimate. Hey, hustler. and you know what? Guess what? Corey Brewer was a nine, like nine or ten year veteran. Okay, 
I'm okay yeah. with that. Okay. All right. So, all right. He did look, he made, I think, a three last night. And I did he see he made two threes last night. He made night. two threes. I did see air ball too. And look, Jaden Springer, we didn't bring him up yet. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. He's, he's, you know what? He's going to be in my other list, but I'll tell you why in a minute. But let me just go through a couple other guys. Grant Riller looked like the guy that was advertised on the two way contract prior to the season last year. Spark plug off the bench, 12 points, 10 shots. Cassius Winston played for the Wizards the past two years. He had eight assists, really good floor general. Didn't shoot that much, but they didn't need him to. Here's a kid that went undrafted. I want you guys to remember this name because I would not be surprised to see him in training camp and on the Blue Coats this season. Aminu Muhammad. He played for the George. Yep, Aminu Muhammad. He played for the Georgetown. <laughs> he played for the uh, for the Hoyas last season, and I believe he. Are you going to stop? <laughs> Are you going to stop? You're going to confuse I just, me. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's cool. I, I I like that he's on the team. I think he he could be a stando, like you said, like a sleeper. He averaged, I believe, either six or eight assists with the Hoyas last season. Did, didn't shoot it well. He was a one and done. But I think his basketball IQ, he made two really good steals, time and momentum shifting steals in that game. Actually, Did you do the research? Had... Is he number 36, Lucas? Did you do the research? You know what? Let me check that now because he is playing. Give me one second. Simply because, uh, listen, Lucas and I were talking earlier, and he mentioned Muhammad. I saw a player wearing number 36 who had a really nice play. I, I can't even really describe the play. It was it was a nice offensive play. It, it didn't seem like a play that a, a, a summer league player would make, but uh, it was number 36. I, I don't remember if it was. Yep. Muhammad 36. You are right. There yep. you go. He, so he has, he has a little skill. He's got something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But those were my, I I wrote an article last night, the best and the worst. He was on my best list. Yeah. So that's my best list. Are you ready for my worst list now? Well, hold on. Let me, let me say that. And this is because mm-hmm. Chris is not here. This is an ode to him. I have to give it up. Mm-hmm credit when credit is due i am not on springer island i've yet to, i'm not to venture nope. but lucas and i were impressed by some of the plays that he made last night defensively he had a nice block slash grab that was so impressive that john morant gave him a dap on the sideline mm-hmm. and i commented in our twitter chat that i was really surprised of how much body control he has around the rim finishing at the rim his jumper like you've said before is has a long way to go but he does have some upside based on what we saw last night for sure and i guess we'll just go to the the bad list now and yeah who who disappointed who disappointed look everything that you said about jaden springer is absolutely right he he's nba ready defender Great athlete, has good body control when attacking the rim. However, the one thing we all needed to see from him is the shot. He's not playing in this game tonight against the Utah Jazz, so we can't see if he if it was just a one-game blurb. But for the most part, that jump shot is not there. And that's gonna be that's that's stopping that's the reason why he's not in the rotation. He can't shoot. And until he can learn how to shoot prop, you know, at a decent clip. It's going to be hard for him to get on minutes on this team. So that's why he was in my bad list. 
Yeah. Another another Sixers player that was on this bad list was Charles Bassey. Yes, he had seven and six. Really good defense. He had again had good solid defense. But Uriah, the guy had hand, uh, uh, hands feet like for feet. hands. No, no, hands like feet. It's the phrase. My feet for old hands. Bas- hands like feet. Hands yeah. like feet. My old basketball coach, mm-hmm. Coach Taylor. Yeah, that's right. I'm shouting you out, Coach Taylor. Um, he always used to say whenever we would, the ball would hit off of our hands or it would get slapped away or whatever, or we couldn't grab a rebound. He'd be like, you got hands like feet. And, um, <laughs> and so that, that was certainly Bassy last night. Had a hard time controlling the ball, went two of seven from the field. So not great, but you know, defensively he was there offensively and just ball control. He needs a little bit more. The other two that I'm going to call out here, Michael Foster Jr., he played for G League Ignite last last year. He had a few moments here and there, but overall, he looked like the 19-year-old player that he is. Like, he just needs a lot more experience. Same thing with, you know, Springer's also 19, but, like, he did not – like, he has a long way to go. And then you got Julian Champagne. Now – as you know, Uriah, I was a big fan of the two-way signing after the draft. But this kid in this game did not look ready for the moment. He looked slower. He, he was a step slower than everybody else. was very passive. Um, he took five shots, but he did not make any. I don't think he's made any in this game yet. Let me check this box score here. Well, I don't that's, think- why I said, that's why I said when we were talking about him first last week mm-hmm. that – in the highlights, he was a quick trigger and he had some nice plays in his highlight reel, but I saw him as, as a little bit slow for his size mm-hmm. and possibly being a, a, um, a weak link in the chains mm-hmm. on, in, on this team. So we'll see, maybe he'll bounce back tonight. What's his box score right now? So, right. He was a starter tonight and he's one of eight from the field. Oh, four from downtown has eight rebounds as an assist and one block. So not good. He's, he's no, no, no. Outside of Trevor and Queen, he's played the least amount of minutes of any starter. Uh, Trevor and Queen looks like he is not in rhythm right now. He missed last game because of conditioning issues. It seems like he's not figured out his rhythm yet. So that's yeah. what's happening in this game. But we're not talking about this game. We were talking about yeah. last yeah. game. So that's that's my good and bad takes. You know, I know we're gonna like 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 I said. It was a hard decision for me to put Springer on the bad list. Yeah. And and to be fair to him, he made seven of ten free throws. So the stroke is there, at least at the free throw line. So the there fact, should be the fact that he got to the line so much is pretty good, man. Ten oh, yeah, times? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. Impressive. No. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's a willing attacker to the basket, which is great. But the final play was drawn up for him at the end of the game, and it was a turnover. So not I, I blame that partially on the coach because it should have been Isaiah Joe getting that last shot. But yeah, at the same time, you can't turn the ball over on a game, you know, deciding possessions. So I concur. I concur. Yeah. So let, let's look at some other players around the NBA. Is there anybody that stood out to you? Other teams that played in the summer league so far in Utah? Who who I think I know who you're going to say, but who do you think stood out in their first game? Look, if we look at Utah alone, I'm not going to count like the Lakers and all that because I like Scottie Pippen Jr. for the Lakers, but they're not playing in Utah. I'm going to say Chet Holgrim. I mean, the guy, you know, I saw this comparison, I think, on Twitter, and I, I tend to agree. He's if Dirk 
and KD had a baby. <laughs> That's scary in more ways than one. Too. Let me let me know. Let me sh- let me tell you how I know this guy's not going to be like. Occasionally, he's going to get bullied because there was one play where he got back down, but for the most part, he h- held his own. He blocked Taco Fall. For those that don't know who Taco Fall is, he's a seven-six center who prim- primarily plays in the G League, but he's on two. He's been on two-way contracts thus far in his career. He's seven-six. He blocked him at the rim, URI, and Taco went down with both hands and ch- blocked him with one. Well, let me be the bearer of bad news. You ready okay. for this? I don't I'm know if you saw it. this, but tonight I was scrolling on Twitter and I saw someone said, yeah, this is it's not going to happen two nights in a row. Something to that effect. And they showed a player, actually a Memphis player from last night, number six, really big kid, number six. Oh, I know, I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know his name, but he looks like he could play nose tackle. But anyway, the point mm-hmm. is, is there were three plays, maybe even four, where number six from Memphis took Chet down low to the weight room and basically plucked him with his pinky finger and was like, get off me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Chet has to put on some more poundage before he can assert himself as a force in this league. Perimeter is fine, and, you know, the Dirk off one leg fadeaways, that's another thing. But if he's going to play any type of defense and be able to stay on the floor against guys like Joel Embiid and Jokic, he's going to have to beef up. Well, well, okay. To be fair, I'm pretty sure in the G leagues, I mean, not G league, summer league so far, they've been playing him at power forward next to next to Chris's favorite player of all time, Poku, po- uh, Alexis Pokushevsky, and so and Poku's look great in this summer league too. I'm I'm very happy about that. Um, but he's going to be playing power forward. He's not going to have the guard Joel and Jokic and whatever you vote Jonas Valanciunas in the regular season. Now, if he gets matched up against Zion, Zion's going to bully him so bad, but most power forwards aren't going to be, I mean, maybe Tobias would, but we know Tobias post-ups are not the funnest thing to watch all the time. Right. Um, so I don't think he's going to get bullied as much, especially if they don't play him at center, which I suspect they won't. But they both him and Poku need to beef up. Like they're both like I think Poku's one ninety and he's one ninety five. So they both need to bulk up at least like twenty pounds each. I yeah. would say if Chet can get more of those types of games during the regular season, he is the lock for rookie of the year because clearly he has multiple ways that he can eat you up on offense, defense. We know he's going to have to 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 bulk up. But offensively, like you were saying, if Dirk and Katie had a had a child together, that would be him. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if he's a lock for rookie of the year. I, I certainly put him up there. I think my top three candidates to begin would be him, Jaden Ivey, and Pablo Bancaro. I like Jabari Smith, mm-hmm. but I just I think they're Kevin Porter and Jalen uh Green are going to eat up too many possessions for him to be in consideration for that award. But who knows? We'll see. Um, certainly going to be a fun uh, race this year for that award. For process fans everywhere, Brett Brown has finally come out of the hole. He is now part of Greg Popovich's coaching staff 
and he may, has done his first interview now since being fired by the Sixers, and he did it on none other than the Ricky, the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. And there was a lot of things to take away from him. Me and Uriah both listened to, to it tonight before the podcast. So Uriah, let me ask you this. What was one thing that caught your attention in this rare interview with the Sixers' former head coach? So let me take you back to the front cover of Sports Illustrated back in 2019. And Sixers fans know exactly what I'm talking about. The headline was, process this. The Sixers are all in. And on the cover, you had Joel Embiid, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and of course, Tobias Harris. So the feeling that I got when I saw that for the first time, Lucas, was this is beyond hope. This is destiny. So when I saw that, because it's a big deal to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. That, that told me that this team was was finally taken seriously. There was, I don't want to say chemistry, but they were they won quite a few games when Jimmy got here and Tobias. And who was the leader of that team on the, on the bench? It was Brett Brown. The thing mm-hmm. that stood out to me in that interview that we both listened to, I think they did a good job asking questions and, and he elaborated as much as he felt comfortable. But the one thing that stood out to me was when he said he regretted not connecting the dots. These are his words. Brett Brown said he he wished dots better between Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. He didn't really go into much detail about what he could have done and what he would have done differently. But that stood out to me, and I think that's that probably stood out to a lot of fans who listened to that podcast because he had he had full reign over how to bring that team together, and unfortunately, couldn't get it done. Yeah, that was certainly a good, uh, interesting nugget that he dropped there. For me, it was because I what I liked the most was that he owned the Mikael Bridges mistake. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. He said something to the effect of everybody in that draft room knows what happens. But at the end of the day, because I was the interim GM, I take responsibility for that trade. Right. And he went on to say also that he really felt bad for Zaire and how everything turned out for him too, which I think we all do in a sense. Of like, you know, nobody should have to almost die, at, you know, before the rookie season, you know, because of a peanut allergy. And like, it was a lot to ask him to move from basically a power forward in college to a a shooting guard in the NBA. Switching positions is hard in any sport, but I think, uh, you know, from going college to pro, but I think in particular, like you can see football players are, it's easier for football players to do it, like quarterbacks going to wide receiver or tight end. But I think it's harder for basketball players to do that, especially if it's like, from a big position to a guard position, like guards, it's probably easier for guards to switch. I don't, I don't know if I would. I don't, I honestly, I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't know if uh-huh. I that. I think football is a much more complex sport, different roles, different, you know, dominoes in the chain. If, if you miss a block or you miss that in the third, look, Zaire was six, eight. He goes from power forward to six. He's six, four. 
He, he was Cyrus small. Smith was six. I thought he was six eight. Six four. No, he's six four, dude. You're better at me. You're better at me. Better at that stuff than me with the the numbers. Yeah. The All right. So I'll give it to you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But but still, I mean, he, he it's not like he's trying to play point guard. They didn't expect him to play point guard. I don't think I mean the deal. But no, think about it like this: you have to learn. It's not so much defensively because he was already a really good perimeter defender, but as a guy, I played post in high school and I I had to learn in intramurals in college, how to play on the perimeter, but knowing how to, when to cut, how to cut, how to dribble, because you're asked to dribble a lot more as a perimeter player than as a big man. That that's just a fact. Yeah. Like your dribbling is confined primarily to the paint. Oh yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We'll agree you, to disagree with yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. How how about the oh. one thing Lucas where Brett Brown, he mentioned Maine a lot because that's where he was mm-hmm. traveling to quite often to get away. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has a house up there. Mm-hmm. But I can't even count how many times he said that on the way back from Maine or on the trip up to Maine, he had a lot of self-reflecting and he was very humble about his experience in Philly. He showed a lot mm-hmm. of respect for the fan base. He mentioned he would address ticket holders, season ticket holders, before mm-hmm. the games, even during the 10-win game season, which is probably not easy to do. But I, I walked away from this interview thinking, you know what? He didn't have to do the interview, and he still has love for Philly. So that, that, that's oh yeah, he definitely he definitely said, "Isn't his son set to go to Penn? Uh, Penn yeah. too? Yep, yeah." So, exactly. I I think, and this is just a crazy take of mine, but looking back at all time Sixers coaches, Brett has to be in the top ten, if not for anything else, just the charismatic. Like he went through the process, he dealt with that 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 drama which was really bad drama and oh my gosh hang on i have to pause because apparently charlie brown jr got hit in the face and he is down he'll be all right he'll shake it off (laughs) no man don't be like that's a that's my dude man you got hit man okay so sorry had to i'm watching the game breaking out the the band-aids and 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 the alcohol He's Rubbing grabbing his jaw. He's grabbing his jaw. Look, a little hydrogen peroxide, some gauze would be all right. Okay. Anyway, going back. But yeah, <laughs> I think and Brett Brown brought the first back to back 51 seasons in the first for the first time in what what 13 years, I think he said in the podcast. That's true. So it's hard for me to argue against Brett Brown being a top 10 Sixers coach of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that it's fair to say, and he's had one of the longer tenures of any Sixers coach too. Not the longest, but one of the longer ones for sure. What was it? 2013 to 2019? I, I, I will not disagree on that. I will yeah. not. So anyway, yeah. So I, I think he had a lot of reflect time to reflect, and I think he does really love the city. But let me ask you this, Uriah. What was one thing that you wish they would have asked, but they didn't. All right. Lucas and I are about to get into it Mm because I know what he thinks and I know what I think related to what should have been asked. And and look, knowing that you have a podcast and you have guests on, I think it would have been okay if they asked 
Brett about Ben Simmons to just completely go outside and avoid that aspect of a very important part of Sixers history. Forget, forget the process. We're talking about Sixers franchise history. One of rare few number one picks that the team and franchise across the NBA will ever have the opportunity to say they had. And they let that go. They didn't ask him about Ben Simmons. So let me read you guys something first. So in their just preview on Apple podcast, the rookie had this to say in their description of the preview. We did not ask Brett any Ben Simmons questions. He may have answered, but when we asked him to come on, we said we wouldn't and ultimately decided not to. Brett did not ask us not to. So here's my, my takeaway from that, Uriah. First off, they were trying to get Brett on. Clearly, Brett was a target that they wanted to have on since he's come back into the basketball scene. They knew that the Ben Simmons thing is kind of a hot topic, especially because Brett has familiar connections with the Simmons family because he coached his father. And if I remember at one point, one offseason, he he had an intervention with Ben and his family about Ben's shooting. So they said that they when they contacted Brett, they said that they would not to ensure the fact that he would come on the podcast. And I think from a business perspective, you want to hold true to your brand. So if you if you said, hey, we're not going to talk about Brett, I mean, Ben, and then bring up Ben, that's not staying face. That's that's essentially lying. And you're right. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that that's the type of reputation that the Ricky wanted. And I don't blame them for that. Now, would I would I ha- me personally would have loved to hear about Ben Simmons, of course. But at the end of the day, I understand why they chose to go that route. Well, I know from my seat, even though I'm not a journalism major, even though I didn't go to college to be a professional interviewer, but I've listened to enough quality Q&A, you know, in other words, Mike Missanelli, he would ask the tough questions. And Eskin, whose dad is the ultimate griller of grillers. He doesn't By care the way, who's they, sitting in the they, hot seat. They, they, they mentioned him. They did. They did. And, and that was and, funny. That was yeah, funny. And, and Brett gave a little anecdote about how he had an interaction on the, on the sideline of an Eagles game uh, back in the day. But to finish my point, <laughs> look, they put it out there. Oh, you don't have to answer questions about Ben. This is from what you read. Not – Hey, how do you feel if we ask you questions about Ben? They said it themselves. He would have at, he would have answered questions. Look, no, they 16, said that he might have answered questions. They didn't say he would. Well, then, but they see, might have. here's the thing: where I learned as a kid growing up is in any situation, you make them tell you no, because they it's might better say to yes. ask for forgiveness versus asking permission. Yes, that's the old adage. That's and that and I wish that he, they would because think about it, Lucas. He. You know how many outlets could have tried to get him on and ask him all these questions? They they dropped the ball. They missed the opportunity to ask him the, the tough question, and they didn't. And, and I get it. They're, I don't want to say pandering, but that's their guy. That's He's part of the process. I never agreed with the process, so maybe that's why I'm, I'm taking the stance that I'm taking. Look, am I saying that they handled that the best way? Probably not. They could have probably went around and asked something to the effect of, Hey, if you would like to come on, great. 
would it be okay if we asked you Ben Simmons questions? If and if he said no, then that's the end of it. Right. Right. I but think, he didn't. But he didn't but, say no. But but that's well, they never asked. They just told him that they wouldn't. That's I think where I wish they could have slightly adjusted. But I'm okay with if that's how they they presented it to him. Then I'm okay with them not asking because. Like I said, if they just said that they wouldn't and then they turned around and they did, Man, listen, then that would have been bad. Lucas, but to the people listening, me. people listening to Lucas and me right now, I'm going to be straight up and down with you like 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. If Brett Brown was on the Six or Sense podcast, I would have zero problem asking him a question about Ben Simmons. I would not necessarily prod and poke and be like, how come you didn't get him to shoot? Yeah, like yeah, like I would actually do that. Like Spike and Mike would actually do that. No, of course not. They're too smart for that. But they didn't go that extra inch, that extra foot, that extra yard for us, for us, the fans. I wanted to know what he had to say about Ben Simmons, but they didn't go out there and take the risk to do it because that's he's part of the mm-hmm. process. But well, I'm telling you, I, I would have asked Lucas. I would ask well, him, like, hey, if, like, I would, you, you know, know what I would have said? No, I would, you know what I would say? I, t- I would have said, look, Brett. You had a relationship with Ben's dad. You coached him back in the day. You probably saw Ben growing up as a kid. Was there anything that that maybe you would have done differently with Ben Simmons? That's all I would have asked. And they didn't ask that, Lucas. They didn't ask. Look, look, I would have loved to know that stuff, too. I'm not saying that I don't. But at the end of the day, the way that you set up the interview and the way that you said, hey, we're not going to do this then you have to hold true to that. Now, if we get Brett Brown on the podcast, first off, kudos to us. Give us a round of applause because, like, that would be our biggest – We had uh, Jimmy Lynham on. I mean, yes. Jimmy Lynham, yes, but that's more for our older listeners. Our younger (laughs) listeners would not really – You're digging the knife in right now. (laughs) Hey, 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 man. I'm about to join you in the old heads. I'm turning 30 this year. But anyway, I actually hurt myself doing something really simple yesterday. I'm not going to say what. But playing, playing soccer. Yeah, I was playing <laughs> soccer with some of my students, and I was playing goalie, and I caught a ball, and I, I strained a pectoral muscle. So I am not proud of that. But um, getting back on topic here, if we got Brett Brown, he would be, I, I think he would be one of the biggest names that we've ever had on here. And of course, I wouldn't put us into that box if we can't ask that question. Now, Thank if he you, told Marcus. us, Thank that's you, that. That's what I would do. Now, if he told us, "Hey, I don't want to a- answer any Ben Simmons questions," right? Then, yeah, then I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like that didn't happen their way. We got to respect how they did it. Right. That's just me. So let's move on to the last part of you know question in this section here. So let me ask you this. How do you feel about Brett Brown now that he's been gone for a while from the Sixers bench? I wish Brett Brown nothing but success. He's going back to San Antonio to be an assistant coach under Greg Popovich. I think he did the best he could with what he had. He knew what he was getting into when the team traded away Drew Holiday and uh, other players. and, And, you know, let's just call it what it was. They tanked. Not him, but management gave him a roster full of G-leaguers and guys that probably play at the YMCA on Saturdays and Sundays. But I I respect Brett. I liked the bell ringing session. It was like a little tradition after a win. 
I thought he had the coolest accent of any coach in the league. I think Brett Brown did the best that he could. The one thing I, I will not let him get away with is how he handled the Ben Simmons situation. Um, yeah. And, and, and the, in the, in the Jimmy Butler situation, but mm. what do you think? So I, I'll say this, and he mentioned this in the podcast that uh, he outlasted four GMs. He had four GMs during his tenure. That's pretty darn impressive. Okay. Wait a minute. Who was, who was that? He was he there with, he was there with Hinky and then Hinky, he had Colangelo, Colangelo, Elton, Elton. Who's the fourth? Who's the fourth? Was Maury himself. He was the, he was uh, the interim GM. He went through himself. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, technically, or if he was counting Jerry before Brian, he could have counted both clubs. Oh, you know what? That's what it is. That's what he's counting. That has yeah. to be it. Yeah, I, I would assume. So give him, you know what? He dealt with more than what most head coaches ever have to deal with. Over 100 different players on his roster. He He's done very well. And I, I will say this, Uriah, and I, I don't think you'll agree with me on this. I think he, he and Doc Rivers would have similar records and that the Sixers would still be – would still not have gotten past the second round. But I think they still would have gotten to the second round with Rep Brown. Yeah, I, I – that's debatable. I don't think we have enough – Evidence. The only difference that I will say is I don't know if James Harden would want to come to Philly if Brett was the head coach versus a head coach like Doc who has more cachet. Yeah. That that's the only difference I will say. Yeah. But I don't think from an X's and O standpoints and weaknesses in their game and their coaching abilities, I don't think that that's they're not separated by that much. To be honest, in my personal opinion. And this is not a shot at Doc. I think this is more of a praise of Brett Brown personally. But of of course, it's a shot at Doc. Of course, I mean maybe a little, bit, but like <laughs> it's more of a praise of yeah. Brett than it is a shot at Doc. All right, so now we're going to talk about PJ Tucker. I know we've talked about him the past two two episodes, but today he officially signed with the Seventy Sixers. You saw a really great photograph of him at. I'm assuming it's at the Camden uh, facility, but wherever he was, it was a big uh, Sixers logo, like white and gray. And he had this really blingy watch on. I couldn't stop looking at it, but he signed his contract. He's officially a 76er. So with that being said, we know that he has a championship ring with Milwaukee and he helped Miami get to the conference finals this past season. So not that it all rests on him, but according to you, Lucas, your opinion is PJ Tucker the kind of player that could really solidify a championship caliber team seeing what he did in Milwaukee and Miami? Yes, but it has less to do what he does on the court versus off the court. Hmm. Look, do tell. I I think PJ Tucker has become a culture sh- setter. He built, he built his ability to do that with the Houston Rockets. They were always a contender in the West when him and Harden were on the team together. He went to Milwaukee, brought that grit and grind toughness defensively to that and that defensive mentality to the Bucs and won them a title. He added to the he clearly added to the heat culture, which was already there and strong, but he added to that 
another strong voice in that locker room along with Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam, who is how old is Udonis now? He must be like he's, no, he's I think he's 73. Okay, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I think he's a culture setter, giving the Sixers not only that like bulldog mentality defense, but like that, you know, that mentality of not giving up. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know how – I'm not great with putting this into words, but he's going to give them a winning mentality. And I, hold – I think he's going to hold this stars to a higher standard as well. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up is, you know, holding players to a higher standard. He played with Harden in the past. Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber type of leader of a team. And, and sometimes you need a player like P.J. Tucker – to sometimes speak sense in, into your stars because you know the younger players aren't going to do it. Isaiah Joe's he's going to he's going to call he's going to call them out, right? And, and I'm ready for and it. And you need that. You need a player on the team that can do that. As far as experience, listen. If you've been there, it makes a tremendous difference. If you get back there, that there could be any situation. It could be NBA Finals. It could be, it could be the Super Bowl. It could be mm-hmm. a presentation at your at your job or a really crucial moment that could pretty much define your future, right? As you've mm-hmm. been there before, it can help you in the future. So him winning a championship in Milwaukee, playing with Giannis, playing with Drew Holiday and all those guys, and then even last year playing with Jimmy in Miami, this is the type of mentality that you're talking about that can permeate a locker room and give that jolt of confidence to the players and even the coach in some situations. So I think he could help solidify this team to, to heading to a further level in the playoffs. I I certainly think so. And just a few things that I want to point out contractually wise, apparently the third year is a player option. Let's be real. He's going to opt into it. Yeah. Like 30, 39 years old. Of course he is. You have to. Um, Yeah. The other thing is that he was the only guy that signed a new contract today. Um, Daniel House also signed his contract. Mm, so I'm, okay. I'm, ex- I'm excited about that too. But I, I think both are going to be really good additions to this team. I, I agree. I, I think if they both get minutes, they'll figure out a way to help this team win more games. But let's move on to a really interesting and obvious – little dig that Jimmy Butler took on the newest 76er, his former teammate, PJ Tucker. So if you haven't been on social media, I'm not on Instagram, but I saw this on Twitter because everything is interconnected. PJ was giving respects to Miami and he said, what, what a year true underdogs that really got out of the mud and went against all odds, Miami, you will forever be my home. The heat nation. I can't thank you guys enough for the love you've shown all year. Though our journey together has come to an end, the love will forever remain the same. He put like a black heart and uh-huh. hand claps directly beneath that comment. <sighs> you, you just you just don't censor it. Just just say it. Just say it. It's it, we'll just put an expletive thing on there later. On the uh, podcast, say it. just say it. I can't, man. Okay, you can just. I gotta, can you can you bleep yourself out? Can you edit uh, like a bleep in there? I could figure it out. But listen, Jimmy Butler, the ultimate antagonist, replied to PJ Tucker. 
F you and Joel Embiid. Yeah, I brought him into this guy with his hands in the air like what? So what, what's your take on that that response on social media? I loved it. It is on brand for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> it is. I don't think he actually means F you. No. I think I think is a fun little jab. Like, of course, he would lo- love to have PJ back. But at the end of the day, if he's not going to go back, I'm sure he's happy that Joel B gets a player of PJ's uh, caliber. I, I know PJ knows that Jimmy's just screwing around with him. But what if PJ did come back and he tagged Tobias, like at Tobias Harris over you, Jimmy Butler? Tobias, Tobias does not like I, he's not into the social media drama so I'm sure Tobias would not be down Tobias for it. Is, the, is the mayor he should be the next mayor of Philadelphia but, but but here's the thing though he might not be into this drama but he that's not the only thing that he wasn't around recently right well real quick um what was I going to say Oh yeah, I was like Tobias Harris for mayor because he's so erudite and he's you know so scholarly. Oh yeah, of course. And uh, I think he's a good leader. I think he has he has leadership oh, yeah, qualities. He's, yeah, yeah, of course. But did you, you see what happened in, with the mayor of Philly recently? No, I did not. Uh, I'm not getting political. I'm just stating the facts. I'm not okay. Fox. I'm not MSNBC. I'm just stating the facts. So over the over July Fourth, it was a really horrible tragic incident during the fireworks and the mayor who you would expect to you know come to the microphone and try to calm the situation and and give confidence to the people working he was dude was like yeah i don't want to be mayor anymore (laughs) like i can't wait to when i don't have to worry about stuff anymore and i was like what did he really say that if i'm lying i'm flying right now wow i'm 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 like independent voter right here. I'm not either side, but I just was shocked just as a leadership standpoint, whether you're a basketball coach, a school principal or a CEO. That's that's like zero empathy, man. Any now I didn't know. I know that there was a shooting. I just didn't know if anybody was was, you know, lost their life. Two police officers got got. So 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 another. But okay, so zero empathy. Wow. Wow. That what not just you know what? This is America. According to the childish Gambino, this is America now. Hey, listen, Lucas, it's not just empathy. It's wherewithal and understanding what's going on. Who's standing directly behind you? Police officers. So it's just a lack of awareness. I get it. I've never walked in that man's shoes. I have no idea what it's like to run a city, especially like Philadelphia. It's stressful. It's tough. But, man, step away from the mic. Go, like, eat some peanut M&Ms or like have a drink of water or something like you don't say that, but I don't know. I digress. Wow. That I'm just, wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's get but, back to basketball. Maybe Brett Brown can be mayor of Philadelphia. You know what? I'm sure he could probably I, win. He it, would, though. You know what? He might last a couple months. All right. But anyway, and like we said, Tobias is not a part of social media drama, but he also wasn't a part of, you know, the social life in the Hamptons this past weekend. According to sources, uh, Michael Rubin had a all white party uh, in the Hamptons and several Sixers players made attendance, freshly signed PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid, James Harden. So 
of players that were there before we get to the player that wasn't there. Look, I'm just I think Tyrese Maxey there too. Yeah, Tyrese was there too. Ty- Tyrese was there, barely yeah. able to, you know, drinking age. I, I'm how come we didn't get invited, man? Man, what's going on? You know, because Michael Rubin don't doesn't know who we are yet. It's okay, he'll find he out. Should he'll should know. We we look, we we gotta get some people on the phone and figure out how, how come we look. I have a white outfit. Do you have a white outfit? Nah, man, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tidy whities in the tidy whities in the t-shirt man i don't got no tidy whities man i'm a grown man i go man come on now this You're is not man. the 19th i'm a grown Wait, man. man this is not Wait, the man. 19th grown, grown men don't wear tidy whities man what grown man do you know that wears tidy whities i plead the fifth Anyway. Okay then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my my point is, wait, we were talking about Michael Rubin's party. Oh yeah. 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 What do we make of it? <laughs> Look, your eye out here talking about tidy whities lost its track. That's no, what you, happened. You brought guys. that up. I didn't. Bring you that up. brought it up. You said tidy whities. I oh, said I, did. No, I don't. Yeah, you I, did. I did bring that up. All right. Yeah. Forget it. Trying to blame stuff. Let's on get me. back to basketball, man. Thank you. you. Always distracting me. Jeez. You're doing oh, gosh. Don't be starting with me, man. Don't All right. So the Hamptons. We both agree that we should have been in attendance, but uh-huh. Michael Rubin clearly overlooked us on the VIP list. But when I saw the videos, it was pure joy. It was guys who were making a lot of money, NBA stars, adored by people all around the world and michael rubin throws this huge party he has all these entertainers there rappers and uh yeah to see tyrese maxey posing with people and joel Embiid bonding with james harden as well as pj tucker it was fun man I- i'd be jealous i wish i was there I wish oh I was yeah there. of course and, and you know i think there was a picture with tyrese donovan mitchell just I think I saw that. Yes, but he was wearing a cream-colored outfit. That's that's odd. You don't wear cream to a white party. I I, th- I think he just didn't know, man. I don't. Um, you know what? He could he could potentially be a future Sixer. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna bash him too much because you know he was there with Michael Rubin. You know, who yeah. knows? Maybe we could trade Tobias for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I'm all for it. You I'm know, sure he can know. afford a white outfit. He makes. 11 I think he just got. I think he just didn't understand the assignment. I think that's what happened. <laughs> Maybe he's colorblind. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you know, you know, the thing is, like, he doesn't understand defensive assignments, so maybe he just didn't understand oh. the clothing assignment here. I'm sorry, had to. But let's go ahead and talk about the one person that wasn't there, Tobias Harris. Uriah, is this a big deal or not? Yes, it is. Really, it is. Okay, all, it is the end all be all of the season coming up. Interesting. No, of course, it's not the end-all, be-all. But it is kind of funny to see the top three, the the top three scorers on the team, or three options. I think you would agree that Tobias yeah. is now the fourth option. Of course. And then he wasn't there. And, you know, look, Tobias is – I don't know what type of crowd he runs with. We know that he was in the movie Hustle. But no, but but then again, uh, Maxie was in Hustle. So if Maxie made be a Hollywood, I can't – yeah, why can't Tobias be there? Look, Tobias is I, I've never known seen Tobias to be part of any Tobias will be more of the uh protesting. I think he walked in the protest in Philly, but I don't think he's the type of guy that goes to a party like that. I don't know. Or maybe it's just maybe they did they just went with the top three players of the Sixers trying to recruit, you know, PJ Tucker. Who I don't know. I don't think it's a huge deal. We we know 
Tobias has not been associated with the party scene in the past. Clearly, yeah. Harden has. Maxie's the young face of the franchise. Definitely want to get him involved. And Joel Embiid, he even though he's a dad, he he's still you know he's still the fun guy. So why not have him at the party? So Tobias so Tobias Harris. If we're doing some analogies in in Philly and you know, let's get to the music, Tobias Harris would be in Boys to Men, and James Harden. And Maxi, maybe they'd be in Jodeci. Do you even know who those bands are? Okay, I know Boys to Men. I have no idea who Jodeci is. Oh man, you got it. come and talk to me forever, my lady. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. I got a school. I'm a. You're a country guy. I'm a Sussex County boy. I'm a Sussex County boy. I don't know no better. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't actually. No, you said you don't listen to hip hop, but no, those not, artists I mean, are R and B. Those R and B artists. I mean that hip hop. R and B, I kind of put all together in my head personally. What? That's I, I okay. okay. I th- if that's uh, dude, what you do, that's fine, dude. Yeah. Dude, like I am the type of guy that listens to eighties, nineties, and early two thousands alternative <laughs> rock. Like I know more one hit wonders than I do rap artists. Okay, right. from those, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. Like I, I I am in a rock type of guy. So why do you still listen to Miley Cyrus? I do. Why are you trying to start lies on here, man? <laughs> Now all of our listeners are gonna think, "Oh, he listens to my." Oh, you were, man. that was for your daughter, right? You were listening to it in the car with but, your daughter. No, man. Oh, that was for I you. Oh, that was for you, dude. I don't. We don't listen to Miley Cyrus in my house. Just Party like in how the we USA. Don't. No, Party not a chance. That is Lucas's jam, y'all. Not a chance. Party anyway. <laughs> Okay, Uriah, let's go ahead and end this podcast before you start <laughs> checking our until and, unless you know you got something Sixers related. No, Sixers are about. 33 seconds away from a win. They're up 85 to 80 against the Utah Jazz. Wait, not they, the most. They, Im- I'm a little ahead of you. They lost this game. Are you playing with me? Or La- you last second three pointer by number 26. But anyway. really? Oh, really? Darn. Well, actually, that's the no, I'm, I, actually, I'm lying. But come on, Uriah, number, man. You, you're messing with me too much tonight. But number 26, look him up uh, later. 26 we'll, on the other team? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right. <laughs> I'm laughing for a reason. All right. So, um, wow, this was fun uh, talking about Brett Brown and Jimmy Butler and Summer League is happening, guys. There's, I think there's one or two more games where we'll be able to figure out, at least not us, but the coaching staff of the Sixers will be able to figure out who's going to make it to that next level, who's going to get a roster spot in the offseason. That being said, this is Uriah and Lucas for the Sixers Sense Podcast. You guys take care out there. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.